Hi everyone, I'm Madeline Park, stylist and vintage fashion hound. I believe everything has a story, whether it be clothes or the people that wear them. For season two of Style Stories, I want to get out of the house, but find a place where I still felt at home, like Lucio's, the iconic Italian restaurant known for its colour and charm. My guests tip their hat to Lucio's by seasoning their stories with a taste of art, food and family, but always bringing to the table their unique sense of style. And in order to take advantage of our beautiful surroundings, we've also filmed every episode. So if you're hungry for a little more style stories, watch the whole interview at madelinepark.co. Today, I'm chatting to Bryony Fitzgerald, Sydney-based interior designer known for her masterful layering of colour, fabric and texture to many beautiful homes and the occasional Michelin star restaurant. Bryony lays claim to being the daughter of late television pioneer Bruce Gingell and revered interior designer Anne Gingell. Despite the bright lights and bold colour that fabricated Bryony's childhood, she's developed an understated style and saves the bells and whistles to her designs, allowing her work to be the star of the show. In the spirit of keeping things elegant and simple, I've styled Bryony in a navy silk equipment blouse, Jack and Jack midi skirt and a vintage brooch from my collection available at madelinepark.co. I hope you can sit back, relax, and enjoy listening to Briny's story. <laughs> now, sorry, <laughs> so Thanks for coming and, Thank and you. chatting with me today. Pleasure. Um, we obviously know each other because you've helped me with my house and. I, I think it's very beautiful. But it, is very, uh, <laughs> it is very beautiful. Well, you, two, um, you and Daniel are easy and open. Yes. And I think that's the most... People are open-minded. Yeah, but you, the thing that you've done... Obviously, you've listened to a lot of what we, mm. who we are and I, I just... Um, I feel like there's a lot of me in there, mm. but you've really... Guided. Yeah. Yeah, but, but more than that. Like, there's... I could never have done it on my own. No, but I think it's interesting because I always say this to my staff. I say, listen to what the client's saying. Because yeah. listening and looking of what they want is how you learn to understand. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it is that thing. It's all about um, collaboration. It's like giving you what you want, but you, that you've always wanted, but better. That's yeah. how I see our job. Yeah. Well, I would never have chosen a really blue <laughs> sofa. <laughs> I would have gone for, you know, I would have gone in with a grey or... But also, too, you you've know. got two small children, yeah, so you, yeah. need, you needed a darker sofa. Because <laughs> otherwise... No, I love it. Oh, good, 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 good. Um, we'll get into your interiors, mm -hmm. but obviously today I just want to talk about fashion and mm -hmm. your style. Mm -hmm. So, starting off, um, you've got a lovely, rich history of stories, mm -hmm. but... I want to just start off by understanding what's your first memory of a relationship to fashion. It probably does go back to interiors a bit, but yeah. um, my mother was an interior designer in Sydney for like 45 years. And when I was little, she used to work for probably the most famous interior designer in Australia, which is a woman called Marion Horbest. And she was... Um, she brought Marameco, Artec, all to Australia. Okay. And I think it was just starting to understand 
textiles, like the fabrics that were around, the colour, and there was a brand called um, Marimekko Made Clothes as well. They yeah. were Swedish. Yep. So we all wore them when we were little. We all had, they were called wormies, stripy wormies, and we all had all these sort of striped dresses. And um, also, when I was about 15, I shouldn't, but I got chucked out of school. Yeah. And what I decided to do is I went and did fashion. Yeah. At East Sydney Tech. Can I ask, why did you get chucked out? Just because I was naughty. Yeah. Very naughty. <laughs> I always got caught jigging school and they used my my mother drove past and saw me walking up William Street because I went to skis down in um, down in William Street and my father just said, I'm not paying for you to go to an expensive school anymore and tore up my school uniform. It was one of my many stories. <laughs> <laughs> so I sort of was left at home and thought, what am I going to do? And I obviously didn't finish school and I didn't have any academic capability. So... I think because my mother was an interior designer and I was always around colour and I was always around fabric and furniture and builders and everything, I, I seemed to decide to go and do fashion. Yeah. So I went, I went and did um, fashion at East Sydney Tech and did um, dress design. And I think I just, I don't know, I just started my love for, for fashion and textiles and sewing. So, you know, I started making dresses out of all the Marimekko fabric, which are incredibly too bright. Yeah. Kind of because I was young, I didn't have a clue, and I suppose that's sort of where it started. That's really where my passion for fabric started. Okay, like that is my greatest passion today: is textiles, fabrics. And how would you like? You're a rebellious teenager. Mm-hmm. How would you dress yourself at that stage of your life? Okay, <laughs> every single weekend before I went out, I made myself something to wear. Okay, so I went to a very huge, unfortunate jodhpur period. <laughs> And I would literally make a pair of trousers every single Saturday afternoon to go out with on a Saturday night. Okay. <laughs> so they'd be orange with green knee pads. They'd be black and white check. They would be as loud, hot pink, chenille. Um, they would be as loud as they could possibly be. And then, because you couldn't get flat shoes back then, I just wore ballet slippers. So we're talking like 1975 now. Yeah, yeah. 75, 76, 77, 78, that sort of period. So I just had, every, I used to spend my entire life at Block's Ballet Shop in the Strand Arcade buying hot pink, lime green, silver, orange, whatever, ever ballet slipper I ever could. And also I was incredibly influenced too by Flamingo Park by Jenny Key and Linda Jackson. Oh, right. Because their shop was also in the Strand Arcade yeah. and that was like walking into... A colour explosion. A jewel box <laughs> of... That was just spectacular. Like I went yeah. to the exhibition at Christmas that they yeah. had down at um, the powerhouse, the powerhouse, yeah. and it just God, my God, talk about Memory Lane. It was incredible. Yeah. It was absolutely incredible. And I had quite a few of their jumpers, and I found them incredibly, I just especially colour-wise, like really inspiring, because I was brought up with incredibly bright interiors, like hot pink, lime green glazes, colour everywhere. everywhere. Like art and colour was literally what that's what my mother was into. I suppose I transferred it onto myself physically. Yeah. But thank God I calmed down as I got older. <laughs> it wouldn't be appropriate anymore. So you're, for those who don't know, mm. your family's obviously very famous. Your mm. dad was the first man on television. As you said, your mum was a prominent interior designer. Yeah, very, prom- very prominent interior designer in Australia. And you and your brother and sister have all um, done kind of very we've prominent, all done creative roles. We've done very similar <laughs> things to my parents. My brother went into television yep. and ran Channel 9 for a long time. My sister's a chef, a Michelin star chef in the UK. Yeah. 
and um, yeah, I'm an interior. Well, I was in dress design, fashion. Now I'm an, an interior designer, which I've had a business for thirty years. So your your mum obviously created a very bright environment yeah. for you. What what was it like for you guys growing up with parents that were in these amazing creative roles? What was your what was the dynamic in your house? Like? I think the interesting thing was when you've been brought up with it, you don't know any different. I'd walk into other people's houses and go, "Why is everything beige? Yeah. Why do people live in a beige <laughs> world? I don't understand that." Very conservative. I don't know. All our environments were incredibly joyful. Mm. Um, you and know, was, did you feel that joy otherwise in your house? Like, was it was well, it like, that environment? All I know is when I walk into a beige place, I just feel just there's like a dead feeling you know when yeah. I'm walking even when you walk in here into Lucio's and you just see all this art and it just it's uplifting mm. so I don't know it, it's, it was just so part of our childhood we moved a lot we lived in the UK we lived in America we moved a lot because of um, dad's jobs um, working in television but mum would create create incredible environment wherever wherever we went yeah so I was very used to having builders around. Things were always being renovated, painted, changed. You know, it was just, I don't know, it was just, it's how we kind of lived. Yeah. And if you moved around a mm. lot, I imagine you and Sky and D David, you're all really close, were you? Yeah, my brother's about, f David's five years younger. So right. he's a bit, Sky and I are very, very close. We're only 17 months apart. Okay. And um, our aesthetic is very, very similar. And she asked me to do her restaurant in London. Mm. And we've all, we always talk about, this might sound quite strange. We all, she always talks about her plate of food being framed by a white plate. And I always talk about my, my woodwork's always white. Yeah. So how we frame, we always have a frame that contains whatever we're, whatever colours or whatever shapes, whatever patterns we're using, it's got to be bordered by something that contains it. Yeah. It might sound strange. Yeah. But it's sort of the way that we work. It's the common thread or denominator that links everything together. Mm. So Sky and I talk with much, Sky and I and Mum are much, are very, very similar on that creative path because Mum's now a painter. She's 84 and she still paints. But we're always talking about composition, position, how, how everything comes together, comes together yeah. my, bro my brother's in television my father was my husband's in the film industry my son's a director it's like either film or creative <laughs> it's kind of two different two different veins but Sky and I have always been close I remember when I did the restaurant I found this Moroccan cushion and it was all pale blues and pale pinks and pale whites and rusts and oranges and I bought that because I thought that's the palette of the restaurant that's all in that one piece of fabric that one big cushion and I took it to Sky and I said that's what your restaurant's going to look like yeah she looked at me like okay I think I get it yeah show me what you're going to do but that was the palette the the tones and the colors that we all use together yeah so um you obviously uh you've gone into a lot of households mm. and you know you you've probably created that joy from the color but you, you, uh, like how You've looked at a, a lot of the way people live, yeah. but how did you guys live in terms of engendering that creativity in like in all of you? Um, what did that look like? Like, Whoa. Was, did you play certain games that were? Was it, it just is being so? It like is so. I just think it's so learnt from our childhoods. Like I even think of my brother. He sat with with Dad and Kerry Packer and sat in the room with all these men that just talk television all the time. Yeah. I think you kind of it becomes innate. Yeah. Like, I used to go to work with Mum. I used to be in all her houses. I used to see all her colour. I think the interesting thing about 
both of our work now is I know probably I've done a much more work with textiles than she had, especially I think with fashion, and also the fact that I was a pattern maker and I could sew. I know how things work. I know how things go together, yeah. which I think is really, really important. But it's, um, I don't know, it's so limited because I didn't train as an interior designer. I literally mm. just went to work and started doing it. So and faked it as I made it. How did you go from fashion to interiors? I went. I went. I got. I got married and was living in the UK. And I was when I was twenty one, and I was married for about eighteen months, and it didn't work out. <laughs> so I, ca I came. I came back to Australia, and I thought. I didn't have a job at the time and I thought, oh God, what do I want to do? And I thought, I actually don't want to do fashion anymore. So my mother actually offered me a job. Okay. At, at, she had a practice very similar to mine, like with about nine or ten people just doing sort of bespoke high-end residential work. And she said, oh, you can have a job with me. And I said, I don't want to be an interior designer. I don't want to work for you. And she said, well, you're not doing anything else, so you might as well come and get paid and get a job. Yeah. So I, start, I started working with her and I also mm -hmm. started working – I was – very good friends at the time with Peter Lewis who started Porter's Paints. Okay. And that was the first sort of like small bespoke paint company which did lime washes and frescoes and paint finishes and, you know, specialty products. And I started working for him and I started mixing paints. Yeah. So I used to mix all these paints for him, which yeah. was actually the most incredible um, learning experience of just know how how every colour's made, how you mix colours, like for all the paint finishes and the glazes we did, I just learnt how to mix colour. And they had a very small company, his company only was kind of four people, and I worked there part-time and I worked for my mother sort of part-time. And then I'd also met Jeremy, who yeah. I'm still married to, like I've been with for 34 years. And we got together, we got married, and we started having children. Yeah. So I started working, I stayed working for mum, and I stayed working for Porter's Paints part-time when my kids were little. So yeah. when Isabella and Ben were small, I used to probably work, I sort of managed to work, you know, four hours a day every day. And then literally the Porter's Paints got bigger and I started doing, um, people used to come into Porter's Paints and then my mother retired and people just started to ask me to do colour schemes. So I started doing external and internal, just paint specs for people, just specifying paint. Mm -hmm. And that was just me by myself and when the kids were little. And then it is literally, as they've grown up, my business has just grown. Yeah. And Isabella's 29 and I've been doing it for 30 years now. Yeah. So it's literally, I, it went to, it went to, I worked nine till three every day. Then they got teenagers and then I got a business and then I started getting, I got premises and then I got staff and then it's literally just step by step. As I've had more time, it's yeah. just grown, literally. Yeah. I always love listening to those stories because as someone who's got little kids, you're kind of always grappling with what should I be doing and I'm oh, not no. I'm restless mm. so I'm always wanting to do something and I remember you telling me that story and like you know when you're working at Porter's for four hours a day and just thinking and looking at you now it's um just kept doing it you just yeah. put one foot in front of the other and like you my husband's Jeremy's in the film industry and he goes away all the time so I yeah. spent a lot of time doing solo parenting like yep. he'd he's probably been away for 15 years of our relationship on movies and commercials so I couldn't you literally you know you didn't have the you had to be really organized work in the a lot of time slot while you've got someone looking after kids and then go mm. and pick them up mm. so in a way it kind of made me quite disciplined I think yes. you know I just I became effective I became quick and effective yeah. in what I did because I didn't have very much time and then and you're an octopus aren't you like there's <laughs> hands everywhere <laughs> doing multitasking probably yeah probably and I look, look I just learned so much on the job you mm. know working with people and having great clients and experience and um, I just learnt. 
and I listen. I, sp- I listen to what everybody's saying. I listen to what everyone's saying on the telephone. I'm yeah. always yeah. got my hand in every kind of like pot of what's going on. So colour's been a big mm. um, part of your life from the beginning. And um, what I find funny about you talking about your style now is that you're known in the interiors world, you're absolutely known for colour. Like mm. you're the colour mm. lady, right? Mm. Um, but in styling you and, and knowing you for a few years, you don't like wear any you, colour. You barely wear any colour. I know. So it's a bit of a contradiction, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. How <laughs> does that? How did that reconcile, or how did that move over? I your think it's about the hair. Right. The hair says a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of white hair. Yeah. And I just think it doesn't need to be a fight with what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought I've always got this big curly hair, and I just I've, I've worn I've always probably worn a lot of black, pale blue, camel gr- dark green, and I'm pretty plain. Yeah. I'm I just. I like a masculine look, I yeah. would be honest. I, if I could wear suits, I used to always think, because my father used to wear the most beautiful suits. If I could just wear a suit and a tie, a really beautiful suit and yeah. tie, trousers, beautifully made and a great pair of shoes, I would be happy. Yeah. So I, I much more gravitate to a more masculine look. Yeah. I see women walking around with beautiful dresses and go, wouldn't that be lovely? And I put it on and I just feel like... You're dressing up. I, feel, yeah. I just feel ridiculous. Yeah. I don't know if it doesn't suit my personality or something. So, when did that shift for you? It's always I've always worn I've always worn separates. I've always worn basically always own trousers and maybe skirts. I think I might own one dress in my entire life. Right. Hardly ever. I just so you weren't even as a little girl. You no. weren't a girly girl. No. Did your mum want you to be? Did she try? I'm just thinking about that story you were telling me the other day about your. Yeah, uh, birthday party at Prunier's oh, or I had a white. I did have a white dress on and red start right shoes. Yeah. No, I probably would have been. Mum probably would have dressed us up. But she would never have been. My mother is – I probably dress quite similar to my mother. Right, I was going to ask she's you. Quite, she's the same height as me. She's got straight hair, but it's the same colour. She wears pants. She's always worn, like, a lot of Armani, kind of quite suit, quite stylish. Never, yeah. never too – not to I, I and to I've got no interest in drawing a lot of attention to myself. Yeah. I would I just like it to be kind of just subdued, elegant, you know, and tailored. I was actually listening to a podcast last night and I was like, oh this is a perfect time to listen to it knowing that I was going to talk to you today. And the conversation was um about oh just about energy and like, you know, um how to be productive it it wasn't necessarily about creative work but one of the points was that when you don't put um a lot of energy into like the colors and trying to dress yourself when you dress yourself in like a uniform Mm. it means that um all your creative energy can go to another place that's really interesting Um, and i was like oh that that's an interesting thing to listen to the day before i speak to briny and i I wonder if part of it i suppose it's interesting because i know if i if i look at my wardrobe i would have probably bought exactly the same thing for the last 20 years in different versions yeah do you know what i mean look there's definitely that thing of getting older of um you don't wear short skirts. <laughs> you cover your legs. Yeah. You cover your arms. There's just all, all of that stuff. And I think also, too, it's actually easier to dress elegantly in winter than it is in summer because when it's hot, it's just, it's just so much harder. Yeah, yeah. yeah you've got to cover you've got to cover. And do you feel too the hot. heat, too? Yeah, I don't like it. Yeah. This is my sort of weather. Yeah. I so love this sort of weather. Uh, one of the people I've interviewed before, Josh, mm. uh, who's Giuseppe's partner, mm. um, and uh, Josh is very similar to you. Wears similar colour palette, mm. 
hates the heat, doesn't he? <laughs> Look, I don't like it freezing, but if I could live without February and March any day yeah. of the week, it's yeah. just too it's too it's too uncomfortable. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So you said that you kind of dress like your mum. Mm. Mm. What what style cues? Because you've obviously said your dad's was a very stylish he was, man. He was always one of the ten best dressed men in Sydney. He had just had beautiful. It was just. I think it's a simple in quality. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Simply cut. I I don't you know, I don't like to be over embellished. It just beautiful fabric, well cut, simple and elegant. Like I don't wear jumpers. I've probably got ten coats. Yeah. So I just swap coats every day. I wear the same sort of trousers, trainers, shirts. I've just got versions of. Yeah. And I just put and they all they all kind of go together. And like every time I go to buy something, I go, I've just bought the same thing that I bought <laughs> the other day. Yeah. Know, or something very similar. Yeah. I probably wear slightly more patterned shirts. Okay. And so, but your dad was known as Pink Panther, you were saying? <laughs> yes, he always used to wear pink shirts with white collars. Yeah. Because he thought he thought wearing pink made people happy. Yeah. That was his whole his whole thing. So he'd have a white collar, pink shirt, white cuffs, cufflings, and then he'd have whatever, pinstripe, whatever sort of suit that he was doing. And yeah. he always had pattern ties. Yeah. And um, pink is... Well, at least know in my house, there's mm. a there's a lot, a lot of, of pink. pink. We like pink. Yeah, I love pink too. <laughs> I know because yeah. it's in Sky's restaurant as well. It's in Sky's restaurant, I've got pink glazers all of my ceilings through my house yeah. at home. So a lot of pale pink or hot pink, but I don't think it's pink used in a feminine baby, well, especially no. the way pink's used at the moment. Yeah, like that it's sort of nude pink that's kind of everywhere. Yeah, so that millennial pink. We sort of stay away from that. Yeah. But we do. We did use pink, and we used pink in Sky's restaurant, and um, it's just a really lovely, warm colour. Yeah. You know. Well, I, as as we were saying the mm. other day, I've got it in my laundry. That's right. You've got a pink bench top in your laundry. Yes, and it does make me happy every time you walk in. Yeah, there. yeah. So do you think that subconsciously, like you maybe have held on to pink from your dad rather than something your mum did? I don't. I don't necessarily know that, but I definitely know that colour changes the way that you feel. Yeah. And um, I remember doing. We did a house down in Point Piper. And this client is pink mad. And we've yeah. got pink glazes <laughs> and incredible textiles everywhere. Like, it's, she's got the most beautiful art collection. It is it's one of my favourite houses. But every single tradesman that walked in there when we were installing the job said, I love the way this house makes me feel. They yeah. never said they liked pink. Yeah. But they always said it changes the way. It's happy. This yeah. is a happy place to be. And I think that is the most important thing, especially when you're doing a house, is that you can change the way people feel in their environment. Mm. And you can change it with art and you can change it with colour. And I think, you know, if y you shut yourself down to a really neutral environment, I don't think it's good for your soul. Yeah, yeah. When I first moved, when we first yeah. moved into our house, yeah. it was all beige and I was like, no, I it can't. It just kills you. Yeah. <laughs> it kills you. Um, so... Uh, but a lot of people are really, truly terrified of colour. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, mm. I, I wasn't a beige person, but... Mm. You've certainly taken me to <laughs> another, another level. level. That's good. And now I look at my house, and I obviously I love it. And I, honestly, I do walk home, especially when the house is clean. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's and the I, greatest I, feeling when the cleaners <laughs> left. Yeah. I, uh, I walk in and I, I do think, oh wow, this place uh, makes does, me happy. It does make me really happy. Mm. So one of the things that um, I heard you talk about in another interview mm. was this sense of emotional intelligence that mm. you got from your dad mm. and like this intuition that we kind of started talking about at the beginning of the interview. When you go into a house and you're trying to read mm. the family, what are you what are you looking for? Well, I think it's it's a combina there's a combination of a few things. There's a the client and the person, what type of person they are. I'm the first person to say that we're not a good fit. Yeah, we don't. Get we don't go together. Yeah. 
like I said, you know, I always ask people, have you looked at the website? You know, have you seen anything else we've done? Because I'm not your, you know, I'm not your normal. Right. <laughs> run design. of the mill design. Run of the mill design. Not that I'm any different, but what we yeah. do is different. Yeah. Also too, so it's the client. It's also to this this is probably sounds the weirdest. The house tells me what it wants. Yeah. Completely tells you what it wants. If what way it's facing, what way the light is, what the space is doing. It's listening to the people, looking at what art they've got, looking what they're currently living with. Yeah. Um, so it's sort of a whole combination. And then the other thing is say if they go ahead with the process first month or so is getting to know them so there's probably that process where we're basically drawing where we're doing all the floor plans we're doing all the layout and those first few meetings of just getting to know someone what they like and we put finishes out and we show them images and we show them mood boards and it's me um, connecting with them and seeing what they're gravitating towards from probably previous work to know what direction I'm going to go with them does yeah. that make sense yeah um, so it's 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 definitely it's a process. It's the yeah. getting to know, and it's that real thing that I said earlier on. And I say to my staff, so I said, listen to them. Do more than listen. Watch and listen to what they're doing because they'll tell you. Yes. So what In subtle ways. Ways of what way they're going. But I wonder what we told you. I don't know, but I mean, I don't know. So it's, it, it is so intuitive. Like I've walked into jobs and I've met people and then I've gone back and said, look, I really don't think we should work together. I don't think yeah. I'm the right person. And yeah. it's nothing that me, they're wrong or I'm right. It's just that I don't think we're meant to be together. Yeah, but you have a very down-to-earth, natural style to you, which I felt really comfortable with. I've always felt like yeah. I can just say to you, nah, I don't, I'm not into that. Or I just knew that you were, I knew, always knew you were listening to what I needed from a family mm, perspective. Mm. How, given that you've had, like, I, I imagine a very... Um, and exciting upbringing uh how how have you kind of you've always been very level set and there's not not one level of elitism in you i how just you do, do you know what i think it is and people have said that to me a lot every single person in our family it was about their work it's what they do right. dad was absolutely completely passionate about television you know mum was passionate about what she does my sister Sky's a chef. She's passionate what she does. It's it's more about what we do. It's not. I don't know. Everybody's always worked really, really hard. We yeah. love what we do. I don't know. It, and my parents weren't like that. Right. I don't know if it was back there in the sixties. Everyone was. You know, life was a lot more settled. Yeah. And it didn't feel. It didn't feel special or any different to anybody else. Right. Despite the, the ponies. No, no. Despite all of that, I don't yeah. know. I suppose. I suppose, and Dad always said to us, you know, you can do whatever you want if you work hard enough. Yeah. If you want it enough and focus on it, you can do it. Yeah. And we were all like, I mean, my brother walked out of school in year 12. I got chucked out of school in year 11. Sky was the only one who finished school and went to university and did arts and Italian for a little bit. But we've all basically kind of got taught that you need to find your passion. Right. And I think it's my children have done the same thing. Like mm. Ben's done directing and script writing and make short films, you know. Bells has actually quite been quite ambitious with all her sort of journeys through, you know, advertising and Facebook and all the things that she's done. Um, we're all quite um, driven, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. So in terms of your work mm. um, and even your personal style, mm -hmm. you kind of followed a mm -hmm. lot in your mum's footsteps. Mm -hmm. um, now, 
she sounds like she's still a very active woman. Yeah, she's 84. And I think I read somewhere that she's like still lifting weights or... Well, she, got, <laughs> she hurt her back, but she now does Pilates three right. times a week. And okay. she teaches art at the Wayside Chapel. Okay. So I think there's always been a really strong element of service. Like, you know, whatever you do well, you do it with service. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, it's not about... It's, it's never, ever been about making money. Yeah. It's always been about making, doing a really good job and making pe people really happy and making every experience creatively individual. Mm. If that makes sense. And so. you, you do do that because I know I, I know that when things didn't go like not that things mm. really went wrong. Everything goes wrong on every job. There, so there were a couple of things <laughs> that yeah. went awry, and um, I, I was always really I always knew I was in safe hands, and because I knew that you um really cared about getting it to the way that we all wanted. Yeah. Um, and from that service perspective, mm. I know that I really felt that the whole mm. way through. Oh, that's really, no, that's really nice to hear. Because it is, there's so many elements in what we do that is purely what it looks like at the end. You yeah. know, it's the experience of getting there. Mm. It's the builder. It's, you know, how you look after your clients. There is so much. The design bits sometimes feels like it's only 10% of it. Yeah. It's yeah, such a, a small bit. Yeah. And I, I can see the correlation between what you do and what I do sometimes. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Because um, it, it does become very personal. It's about mm. making people feel... Feel comfortable. Uh, yeah, exactly. And not feel intimidated. Because so many people go, oh, I'm going to ring up a designer. I've had to clean up all my house and get the flowers out. And I go, no, you don't. <laughs> I don't think I ever did No, but that. there's so <laughs> many people that are kind of get so nervous <laughs> and they're so sweet when you're coming over to their house. Yeah. I go, don't worry about it. It's yeah. not, you know... Yeah, it's a home. Yeah, yeah and yeah. I'm like, I know that my first meeting is much more about me connecting with them yeah. than actually about their house. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's there's there's so much more than just the house. So going back to your mum, mm. um, so she's this very active woman. Mm. Slips down the road. Slips down the road, mm. uh, doing her Pilates now, mm. doing her artwork. Mm. How do you project seeing yourself in oh. when you're her age? Do you see yourself being a similar type of energy or? We're very, very different people. Yeah. Actually, which is interesting. I'm much more like my father than I like my mother. My mother is, is um, quite a loner. Okay. Um, she left my father when she was about 49. Okay. And has never met anybody else. And she likes solitude. I'm probably the complete opposite <laughs> to that. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but there's, but the way that she lives her life and the way she, you know, she carries herself, I think I'll probably be quite similar yeah like she's very healthy she's very fit you know she engages in the world she does her you know service with the wayside chapel teaching art it probably won't be the same but it would be similar, similar. and style wise probably the same i'm probably wearing, je wearing jeans and trainers when i'm 80, 86 <laughs> probably or a pair of trousers and a, you know i don't i don't actually think the way that i dress will change particularly much between yeah you know unless fashion does something radical but you know i probably won't be, be too old to care by then i suppose <laughs> You know, if you just keep it simple, you can't. There's not too much. Um, you can't you can get yourself, go wrong. You can't get yourself into too much trouble, can you? Yeah. So. So probably yeah, probably similar. The, the coloured yeah. jumpers and oh, knee yeah, pads. No. They'll be they're behind. far, far, far <laughs> behind. Yeah. But hopefully, be travelling. I mean, I I intend to um. I intend to work for at least the next ten years. Yeah. At least till I'm seventy. Yeah. Well, everyone will want you to. Well, let's hope so. <laughs> let's hope so. Yeah. You know. Still got to pay off the mortgage of the building, so I've got a lot of work to do. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, no, I just, I don't know, I like working. I think, it, I always think, and I think it was like that other podcast, it was like how to manage yourself um, without 
you know, burning out. Yeah. That is one of the things I'm really, really conscious about. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like health, I exercise a lot. I eat really well. I don't work. I don't ever work on the weekends. I don't. I just do not kill myself for anybody anymore. Yeah. People say, "Do you want to come on Saturday?" I go, "Sorry, not interested." Yeah. I'm. It, you don't have to work that. Past that. You, you, do you know what I mean? It's, I'm not that yeah. desperate. Yeah. I've got enough work. I love my clients. We've got a, a certain level. We consistently seem to get work. I've got absolutely gorgeous staff, and they're all young. And I think that's really important. I think that makes a huge. They're sort of all under thirty. Yeah. Or most of them are. I think that really kind of keeps you connected and um, kind of present and up to date. Do you mm. know what I mean? So you, you are a nurturer as well. Like, uh, you you know, I can see mm. with your staff and you kind of, I I imagine that they would come to you. Um, Probably too much. Yeah, yeah. I, I could <laughs> see that you would but I do, I love them, them all. I love, I, yeah. I love them all. I love yeah. them all. We are like a little family. We all eat together every day. Yeah. So if Isabella and Ben... They come home with grandchildren. What kind of grandmother do you reckon you'd be like? I'd be good for two hours. <laughs> Maybe not 24. <laughs> like, I mean, my mother always had my kids to stay. I was with that. She picked them up from school. I'd probably do, I'd probably A be similar, that. yeah. And is Isabella, in terms of, you know, the continuation of style, mm. is she, um, is she similar to you and your mum? No, not in the same. She right. is so different, it's not funny. Yeah. She well, is... Queen of Fag Nails. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Victoria's Secrets. Yeah. She is so different from me. I don't know so how really I gave girly. birth to her. I don't know how I gave birth to her. Yeah. No idea. <laughs> she's got long, strawberry blonde hair. She's so girly. Oh, she's so pretty. And too, she's so blingy. She? Uh, we're so different. Yeah. It's just not funny. Yeah. And But you're super close, aren't you? Yeah, super close. Super yeah. close. Well, she lives in London. I probably speak to her two or three times a week. Yeah. Um, so, but we're very, very different. Yeah. She's very like, she's much more like my Jeremy. Right. Ben's much more like me. Yeah, right. We're kind of, it's just different. But no, I'm really close to both of them. Yeah. But they're both, they've both, both got British passports, so they're spending, both yeah, spending a lot of time. It'll be a while before they're back home. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm busy, I'm working for them. Yeah. Well. But I look forward, I do look forward to the day they have, um, they have grandchildren. But yeah. I think they've got a lot to do before that's going to happen, yeah. something tells me. Sounds like it. <laughs> but I look forward to it. Thank you for Thank asking you me. For sharing your story. Bryony's childhood was coloured by parents who dedicated themselves to bringing a slice of joy into the homes of many Australians. With big shoes to fill, Bryony's rebellious teenage spirit was channeled into fashion design, and eventually she fell into her mother's footsteps and turned her colourful hand to interiors. As her interiors career ramped up, ironically, her personal style toned down. However, the common thread of quality craftsmanship and attention to detail continued to bind both her work and her style. While Bryony pays homage to her impressive lineage by always offering a sense of service to her work, it's her genuine commitment to colouring lives and homes with joy that define her style and put her in the spotlight. If you enjoyed this episode of Style Stories, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And as always, thanks for listening.